You have reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. The future comes, and now my watch begins. It shall not end until my death. I shall miss no game, withhold no news, report all rumors. I shall wear no jerseys, and plead allegiance to no side. I shall live and die on my webpage. I am the word in the darkness. I am the watcher of the TV. I am the megaphone that informs the realms of geek. I pledge my hands and name to the Geek's Watch, for the Geeks and all the Geeks to come. Welcome back for another shift on the Geek's Watch. This week we are starting brand new segments. We're going to be talking about a brand new show. Is everybody just excited as I am? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> well, we oh, even the peanut gallery. Uh, yes, we're we're here on the Geeks Watch, and we're going to be watching more things. So we're going to start talking about the Watchmen on HBO this week. John, it's like it was meant to be. Oh, almost. Jessica, Ooh. yeah, that was a start. <laughs> Steven? <laughs> yes, yes. I don't know why we're throwing to people. <laughs> I mean, just kind of initial thoughts and stuff like that. It's fantastic. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and then our newest watcher, Elizabeth. So I am not familiar at all with it. So it was quite the eye opener. <laughs> yes. So uh, Jessica, you said you've only watched bits and pieces maybe the whole thing yeah. but in parts yeah, at I'd a time maybe of, the whole thing like flipping through movie channels and like oh yeah Watchmen I still haven't fully watched that yet and so I started at different points so, so it's never fully comprehended it that's the most you know of the, wa- the of Zach, know, it's yeah. Zack Snyder's Watchmen that you know uh, Elizabeth has never read the comic book or watched Zack Snyder's Watchmen so this is a brand new experience for her I love that we're going to have different levels of people when we're going into this I have read the, the graphic novel and watched Zack Snyder's movie both versions the theatrical cut and the theater cut or director cut John uh, all of that and the before Watchmen and I've oh. never watched I've never read the before Watchmen no. Steven how about you I watched the movie and that's Pretty much it. That's pretty much it. See, literally. We got every single. Different (laughs) demographics. I love this. Uh, But did you read After Watchmen? Um, Was there an After Watchmen? They they did that. um, It was. uh, That's what's going on right now. Doomsday Clock. Oh, yeah. No, I'm not. I haven't kept up with any of that. (laughs) I'm reading Doomsday Clock. I'm be glad to hear your uh, thoughts on that. Okay. That's what, that's what it took for Mitch. They had to fold them into the DC universe. <laughs> it's true. All right. So we're going to do that. We're going to start our new segment this week of what we've been watching, what we've been uh, ingesting entertainment-wise. Uh, but one piece of news that I kind of wanted to talk about before we get into that was that Patty director Patty Jenkins has officially come out and said that Pedro Pascal is playing Maxwell Lord in Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, the interesting thing is that they've been keeping his role quiet for so long. They've finished filming this movie a while ago. Of course, it was supposed to be out uh, this month. 
this month or next month, November, but they got pushed all the way till next summer so that they would be in the oh yeah it's it's pushed back to June June 5th 2020 instead of 2000 or 2019 because they wanted to keep it in the summer. So, uh I think the idea is that they need to keep some hype up because there's a there's a lot of time in between when this movie has been finished and you know it's ready to go and and when it's actually going to be aired or shown to people. So the biggest thing they could do was release who it is that Pedro Pascal is actually playing. We haven't even seen a trailer for this movie yet. Um, Pedro Pascal, some people were thinking that he was going to play Godfrey of the of the New Gods, of the Apocalypse people. Um, oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Uh, some, and a lot of people were saying Maxwell Lord. Uh, but there was a couple other small parts that he could have been playing, but it came out that he was actually playing Maxwell Lord. Those familiar with Maxwell Lord in uh, DC Comics, anybody uh, think that they're going to go full on uh, powers with him? I don't think, not in this one, I don't think. No? I think this will be the introduction of him, kind of open up everything. Because, again, they need to actually build something in a DC movie that's not like dependent on another movie. Mm. John, do you know Maxwell Lord? No, I'm assuming he's like a Mr. Purple character? To a much lesser degree. Oh, okay. Yes. Uh, what's, what's the guy in the the, um, the Marvel comics? The guy that's like the head of Roxxon? Uh, Silvermane. Yeah, that's that's kind of who I like kind of equate him with. Yeah, he's an international businessman, almost on the level of Lex Luthor, but he does have a superpower. He has, meant, he has telepathy, mind control kind of superpowers. Uh-huh. Uh, so there is a big story with Maxwell Lord in the DC comics um, where he because he, he started off as like not a really a bad guy but not a good guy either he was the liaison for the Justice League International through the UN so that he was the one that they you know that they had they had to talk to and get permission the UN had to give them permission to do stuff uh, eventually he becomes a good guy he's part of the Justice League then he goes full bad guy. He's like, you know, all you superheroes are doing way too much. Uh, you, no one's keeping you in check. It's going to be my job. He boosts his powers, takes over Superman's mind, has him under his control. Wonder Woman comes in and snaps his neck, snaps Maxwell Lord's neck, kills him. That's the big thing. So him showing up in a Wonder Woman movie is interesting implications. Yeah. Anybody think they're going to go with that in, the, in this movie? I'm still curious how they're like bringing back um, Chris, Steve Trevor. Uh, yeah, I he he controls minds. He's just gonna make him hallucinate <laughs> I, him. I think so. Honestly, that I, honestly that's what I think is gonna it's gonna be. That's lame. I, I he, how is he gonna come back if they just bring back Steve Trevor? That is a complete, uh, like terrible story thing to do <laughs> to, <laughs> for the first the movie. Great DC it's so bad you don't have words I for don't. it. <laughs> I, I can't think of the words that I'm trying to look for. I mean, it could be like the, be... the Flash travels back, snatches him out of the plane before it blows up. I mean, like, weirder things have happened in soap operas. Yeah. So, like... <laughs> yeah, I mean, strange was, things happen in I, comic books, too. I, I get like, it. I saw a soap opera once where some lady traveled back into, like, colonial times and was tried for witchcraft. Yeah. That happened in a soap opera <laughs> with a straight face. Wait, are you, are you, you're talking about passions? I don't even think it was that. Passions had like 
like a little midget or something. Yeah, it was Timmy. A little person. Timothy kept Timmy. But it was a doll. Yeah. It was a living doll or something. It was a living doll. Oh, yeah. I remember that. It was awesome. Oh, that creeped me out. I think there was an alien abduction in one once, too. I was like, there's no... There's been five million people dying in explosions on soap operas. I'm just saying they come back. <laughs> Decapitation. With a new actor, like nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I just thought it was an interesting story that Maxwell Lord's going to be in the movie. Pedro Pascal, who's going to be our Mandalorian coming up here pretty soon. That he is, isn't it? Okay. So speaking of things that you've watched, John, what, what do you bring Wait. to the table? Oh, sorry. I, I, think, I think I have a name for this segment. Okay. Okay. So the show is called The Geek's Watch, right? Yeah. I believe so. It should be called The Week's Watch. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. Like, so thanks for well last done. week. I like that. So what is your week's watch? Uh, <laughs> I just watched the final trailer for Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker. That's right. So you still throw in the episode thing. It's I mean, just yeah. I like it. I like saying that part. It, I like the idea of there being a number, but... Well, yeah, there's so many, and if you don't recognize it by the title, you can at least say which one it is in the progression. You don't have to sell me on it, but uh, a lot of, it seems yeah. like a lot of Star Wars fans don't like it. I still say really? them like four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine, though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do it chronologically. Um, yeah, so the final trailer came out. I was actually watching Monday Night Football, which I only do now because of this other side <laughs> podcast that we do oh but i thought maybe you only did it because you knew trailers are no dropped i actually on it. had no idea uh, and while i was like not paying attention i saw like the lucasfilm thing pop up on one of the screens and i was like whoa wait a minute and <laughs> it helps that disney also owns espn yeah and abc i guess i think it and was ABC. monday night yep. football. well monday night football is on espn yeah. oh yes okay whatever but still Yes, that's uh, that's how I got wind of it, and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." I watched it without sound, so I had to rewatch it when I got home. But uh, there was some interesting visuals. There was like a lot of rain, some space horses. <laughs> There's a lot of rain. Space horses. <laughs> yeah. Space horses. Is that like seahorses but in space? Yes, they yeah. float. Ah. And the males give birth. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but um, yeah, so like when I rewatched it with sound, and uh, there was this one part in particular where they make it sound like C-3PO is going to die. And he says he's going to take one last look at all his friends. And I'm like, how dare you make me feel something, movie? <laughs> like, I, already. I, I was, already. Like, what are they doing to C-3PO? Uh, yeah, I was like, I was through with you. Okay. Like, and, and here you come are, back are into they, my life. Go ahead. I, are they doing that or are they wiping his memory again? It's basically going to be a memory wipe, if I understand it correctly, because yeah. he needs to translate some kind of unknown language, and for that they need to reformat him or something. I how do know. you pick? How'd you pick up on all that? I also because he had a thing a lot plugged into his head, and then <laughs> yeah, they, but see, you know what I, I got from this? Thing? I got it's the a, I got the, the I got the solo like scene where L three got plugged into uh, the Millennium Falcon, and she <gasps> she got downloaded 100%. into. That's what I got. C-3PO yeah, is going to be the new uh, yeah. Millennium Falcon onboard C- PC or whatever. Because Star still Wars makes has a history of IG-88. IG-88. Yeah. Um, Especially since they introduced it in the Han Solo movie. That, like, the you know only reason why they would do that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You know that in the, right, fine. In the now <laughs> non-canon version of Star Wars, IG-88 loaded his brain into the second Death Star right before it blew up? I did not that's know that. It's really dumb. That's, that's why I said IG-88. Yeah. That's why I did, yeah, yeah, Steven said Oh, it. I thought oh. you were just throwing that out there because you're trying to show your reference like cred. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, no, yeah. You, you I know, didn't know you understood. Like, you know, 
You know Maz Kanata. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 yeah, he becomes like the 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 heart of the uh, thing. Panda Baba. Yeah. Um, I don't get that part of the movie there. The trailer though, these aren't his friends. He's has he spent a lot of time with Ray and Poe and he's well, well, that's it. Have. It could be a time jump, so they could have had a lot of time together. I think it's implied that it is a time jump, well, actually. At the very least, Chewie and R two D two are definitely his friends. Yeah, were they there in that scene? You think yeah. so? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think okay. so. <laughs> I don't know. They, they at the very least should count. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> yeah. What if this is a thing where he's um like like how they did with the uh, the Avengers things before? Where they kind of like obscured characters, took them out with CG, put them back in, and everything Ooh. for the final film. Oh. Uh, and so this this is what we've seen in the the images before with his red eyes. So maybe he's not actually looking in what's in the ship, but he's reliving a memory for important detail. Uh, that's, that's cool. I, see, that's what I was thinking they were gonna go with too, because C three PO technically knows everything, so mm-hmm. it's just been wiped. Okay. So I always assumed they were gonna try to get it back. Yeah, like why not? You know. Yeah. Anybody else got some uh, cool insights for the they, they saw from the trailer? Mm. I think the the ship thing, John. We talked about the ships being older models of ships before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think that is one hundred percent what's happening. You see oh, yeah. the the giant star destroyers mm-hmm. pulling out of some kind of like ice or something. Yeah, there's like a Propulsion ice planet or, yeah. or like a meteor or something that's mm-hmm. nothing but ice or a comet. And I think that's where they hid the forces. You see, like, Y-wings and all kinds of retro stuff. They're basically, I think, really, really trying to pull back into the what people used to like about Star Wars and try to win some of the old fans like me back. It's a desperate ploy. It, it, it looked so good. It looked so good. It's such a good trailer. And now I have my hopes up, and now I'm like... That's what I'm saying. Like, don't, don't do this to me. I don't I, want to. Well, they say it's supposedly it's going to wrap everything up with a nice little bow. And I'm like, how? Like, how? Like, yeah. How are you going to do <laughs> That's it? That's a lot to wrap up. I know. This is going to be a feat. Ugh. But if they can pull it off, whoa. Yeah, that's a big gift, though. I would have been on one hell of a roller coaster. <laughs> uh, okay. Anybody else got anything they want to talk about the Star Wars trailer? No. All right, Elizabeth. What, what did you watch? What did your What was your week's? Oh, sorry, Stephen. Are you trying to say something? I liked the the vocal part at the end, where it switches from Luke to Leia's voice. That was cool. That was really nice. Oh, yeah, that was. I great. missed that. I didn't. That was. Great. I didn't catch it. I heard Palpatine's voice in there, right? Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth. So. With it being Halloween coming up, uh, went to see a uh, Rocky Horror picture show with a shadow cast last night. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely probably the highlight for my week of, of things to watch because it's, it's always good to see it. And it's always good to see it with a good shadow cast. So that was highly entertaining. How many times have you seen it with a shadow cast? Mm. Mm. Somewhere between half a dozen and a dozen times. I usually watch it with a shadow cast because it's always my preferred. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, I was informed today that there was a new version that came out on oh. Hulu or something. Yeah, I think Fox did it. I it was Fox. Think. It was like one of those when they were revitalizing musicals uh, on Fox. So it was doing made for the live. Yeah. yeah. So it's so not as good. Oh. No. <laughs> I don't know. No. It, looks, it looks more like a play. Yeah, it definitely cleaned it up way too much. Huh. It had Victoria Justice, though. 
It, I did see a little bit of it, like when someone put it on my Facebook, and I was like, "Yeah, it's Victoria Justice's Janet." And, yeah. And uh, what's the name of that actress? Who's the, what's the name of the actress that played um, Frankenfooter? Uh, I, I know who it is. She's I from just mean, can't. not from Mean Girls. She's from um, Orange Is the New Black, yeah. right? Yes. Yes. Wait, I what? So. Yeah. Uh, they, they, had, yeah. They, had a, they had a lady playing Frankenfurter. Well, well they, sort of. Yeah, she she is a lady, but wasn't she always. Is, she is a Frankenfurter. Like, <laughs> okay. Like this is the she takes it a step further She's, than just a transsexual. I like this idea that it's like a Pokemon thing. Like, oh, yeah. She's no, also, she's a isn't she also the first trainee to win an Oscar or something? Was it an Oscar or an Emmy? I think it was or an Emmy. Emmy. Yeah. She's the first. I first trans Emmy. winner. Love. Something like that. That's on yeah. the tip of my tongue. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't know that this existed, which is odd since yeah. I usually know a lot of things, like yeah. movie TV wise. Yeah. D- did you know, Elizabeth? I had no clue. Oh. I, I had no clue, but. Well, Based on everything have. we just heard, nope. I don't feel bad about not nope. having known before. No, you have to you have to watch it because I had to watch it. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, I mean, so it was good. It was a good show. A good shadow cast. It was a very good show, and it was it was a good it was a good shadow cast. It had they definitely so I same I think the same cast from last year, same location. Um, Definitely upped the uh, production value, which was awesome. Oh, yeah, um, the props are great. But still kept it. Uh, to me, a true shadow cast shouldn't have a super high production value. Like, it's supposed to be a little corny. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. that's the whole point of this. Um, so, no, but it was it was very well done. I would assume the first shadow cast were just people in the audiences at midnight showings running up to the, the, to the screen and just acting it out. So it shouldn't mm-hmm. be too high production. No. Exactly. You know what that reminds me of? What's that? That fight scene in Bachelor Party. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like there's other movies that are starting to do, like other cult classics that are doing Shadowcast now too. And I can't think of what it, what it is that I've seen, I've heard about it on. Uh, yeah, nothing. There is, a, there is um, do well. this one thing I've seen. I saw it on, on Twitter. It's called Secret Cinema where they kind of do that with uh, certain movies, like Back to the Future had one. They did one for uh, Indiana Jones, I believe, but it's it's. I think it's only in London. Oh. I think Indiana Jones would be hard to do as a shadow cast. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. It'd be fun to do with a shadow cast. It would be very fun to do, but like... Steven, have you ever, have you ever done Rocky Horror? Um, so I have a very particular story. I went to a Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> performance and um myself and my friend jake participated in one of the crowd event things and it was a race around the theater and you had to do the race with a hot dog in your mouth Mm -hmm. (laughs) and whoever finished the race with the least bite marks in their hot dog won yep uh everyone else kept thinking it was a teeth thing it's a suction thing (laughs) i won the race and my hot dog had no teeth marks and i won a little vibrator that was shaped like an octopus well done, Stephen. Well done. Thank you. Thank you. That's a great win. <laughs> you have to show me how to do this. <laughs> oh. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Always good time. <laughs> Jessica, what did what did your week geek go? 
Well, weak watch. That's what it was. I happen to love an actor named Paul Rudd. <laughs> and there's a show on Netflix that has two Paul Rudds in it. <laughs> it's called Living With Yourself. And it's it's very interesting. I really like it. It's um, basically synopsis is that Paul Rudd's like down on his luck, just done with life, doesn't really want to like do work, just killing him. So somebody suggests he goes to a spa and he goes to the spa and then the next thing you know he's waking up in a shallow grave and you find out that he has been cloned and so how it basically works is well spoiler alert if you haven't quite seen it yet I think it's revealed in the first episode but they clone you and let the clone live and you die basically they like, but in this case, Paul Rudd didn't. It's whatever. I can't remember. The spa. Cloning, yeah, <laughs> the, the spa. spa yeah, the spa place. But that's how it works. It's like, it's basically, it's you. It's all your memories. You don't even realize you're a clone oh. at all. It's you basically without life beating you down anymore. So they just, <laughs> yeah. the spa fucked up and. and yeah, the spa the, messed up the and the, the original Paul Rudd didn't die like he was supposed to. So they just threw him in a shallow grave. <laughs> and then they were like, well, guess you just gotta live with yourself basically kind of so it's I, it's really interesting it's funny and kind of sort of a dark way of course but it's i really kind of sort of like and almost take the concept that it's like how life is what brings you down and makes you not your great self right. like if you could just erase everything that life has thrown at you and you just kind of just right. clone, yeah yeah interesting hmm. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I've been hearing a lot about it. I hadn't, I hadn't seen it yet myself, but that's, that's pretty cool. Oh yeah. Uh, it reminds me a lot of like, uh, the, was it the prestige? I mean, I mean not yeah. a lot, but just the, the idea of yeah. having to kill the original and the clone gets to live kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It is. It's kind of sort of like that. And multiplicity. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, it's also an interesting twist on like, he gets jealous of his clone like, cause his clone <laughs> is just that perfect version of himself. He's the yeah. Life. And that's, that's the fun <laughs> aspect of it. So. It's pretty good. Anybody else had a chance to see that yet? I mm-hmm. want to see it now. Oh. <laughs> that sold me on it. <laughs> no? There you go. Uh, okay. Nice. You can find that on Netflix. That's that's pretty cool. Yep. It's only, it's the episodes are only like 20 to 30 minutes long and it's only eight episodes. I'm not so quite finished Four hours yet. total? Yeah. It's really quick. Like kind of like a really long movie. Like it's really good. It's kind of a good pacing to it. Cool. Yeah. Hmm. Steven, what is your week's watch? So um, for this week, I, I didn't really watch much TV aside from the show that we're going to talk about later. Uh, so I, I'm going to talk about a comic that I read. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, so it's called Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. Uh, and so it, it, it could easily exist as a novel just by itself without any art or anything like that. Um, but it's by uh, Mariko Tamaki. And the art is done beautifully by Rosemary uh, Valera O'Connell. And the, the whole thing for it is that there's there's these two girls that are dating. One of them is like this like super introvert kind of person. And the other one is Laura Dean, who's just absolutely made of charisma. Uh, and she's an asshole. And she keeps breaking up with the other girl. Um, it's told really interestingly. The whole thing is kind of, it starts off as like uh, being told to you as the girl uh, writing to some kind of like advice column online. And so you slowly get the details of that stuff. And there's plenty of other life things that happen in the comic because it's it's a long one. It's just a it's a thicker graphic novel. But it's really, really, really good. I liked it a lot. I hope it gets adapted into something. Very cool. Yeah. Series. Very cool. I mean, is that a 
is that what is that an indie uh, title? Um, so I mean, it's it's from a decent sized publisher and everything, and it's one that you can find in absolutely any Barnes and Noble. Even if you live in like Okeechobee, Wisconsin, they're still gonna have a copy of it. They have uh, Barnes and Noble exclusive covers and stuff like that, I believe. Very cool. Yeah, uh, limited it's, it's really series or is it ongoing? No, just the one graphic novel by itself. Just the one graphic uh, and, novel. Um, it's up for like every single comics award right now that just yeah. got announced. It's it's in like the top top selling comics of the year. Everything. It's really good. Wow. Very cool. That's what you watch with your eyeballs. Comic book. Yeah. Uh, also, the second yes. issue of something something is killing children came out. Everyone go get it. Read it now. Oh, I've been hearing a lot about that uh, book. So other than just you, so. I trust them more. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> yeah, I'll figure that a try. Um, so I, if you follow me on social media, you know that I try to do a movie a day for this whole year. And this week I did some horror movies. And I actually saw three horror movies that I really enjoyed. I watched uh, In the Tall Grass from Netflix, Little Monsters on Hulu, and Wounds on Hulu. And uh, they could not be three more different types of movies <laughs> inside the horror genre. Wait, Little Monsters with Fred Savage? Not the one with Fred oh. Savage. <laughs> Lupita Nyong'o uh, is in a movie with Josh Gad called Little Monsters where they are in Australia and they go to a petting zoo. And just down the street from the petting zoo is an American base on Australia land where they've been doing reanimation uh, trying to reanimate soldiers and uh, they break out of the base like Return of the Living Dead kind of kind of they make it to the petting zoo start feeding on people and and Lupita Nyong'o is a kindergarten school teacher that has to keep all the kids safe until reinforcements show up and Josh Gad is a uh, television personality he's like a Captain Kangaroo so to speak he he does a kid's show and uh, all the kids are happy to see him until shit break breaks loose and then he's like get these fuckers away from me or he tries to use them as shields <laughs> so and it's, stuff. A comedy? Huh? it's a comedy oh okay it's it's hilarious it's great oh, I was like, what, like this, this is a weird combination of words <laughs> you're saying <laughs> uh so that was good um in the tall grass i thought was really good um i'm usually probably about 50 50 on stephen king stuff uh well, so is his work yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's fair um, but this was him and his son, Joe Hill. So I don't know if that's better for me, but I seem to like a lot of Joe Hill stuff. Uh, Didn't he do that one, Nosferatu? Is that his show? I think so. I don't, hmm. It could be. I haven't watched it yet. I've heard good things. I am. Um, I really like the time manipulation that happens in the movie. That That's the part that really fascinated me more than anything else. And then Wounds is just straight up strange. And it is so out there and so weird. And Army Hammer actually does a really good job in it. He's the main star. Uh, Zazie Beetz is also in the movie. And so is Dakota Johnson, daughter of Don Johnson, who we're going to be talking about later. So if you want one that's more about demons and interdimensional beings and uh, rituals and stuff like that, Wounds is the one for you. Done. All right. So... Yes, Steve. I realized I didn't mention Parasite. I could have talked about that. Go watch it. The less you know about it, the better. <laughs> the less you know about Parasite, the better. Now, one thing you should you can know about it is it's from the director of Train to Busan, correct? Uh, I believe so. Yes. I know that he definitely did some 
You definitely what? I know that he did uh, Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer. Okay, maybe uh, that's what yeah, I got the two confused. They're both trains. Yeah. yeah. Trains. <laughs> okay. Uh, if anybody else doesn't have something else that they want to talk about, we can get right into talking about Watchmen, episode one. Let's get it. Cool. <laughs> so the episode title? It's the title was... Something, something. It's, it's, it's summer and we're running out of ice. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's, it's summer and we're running out of ice. Very cool. First thing I, w- I just need to talk about is that they pulled a... Uh, Sean Bean on us first season of uh, Game of Thrones and killed off Don Johnson in the first episode. (laughs) Now, I think this is a misdirection. I mean, I think he's dead for sure. Mm. But if I'm reading the signs correctly, he's going to be our comedian of the season. And we're going to have a lot of flashbacks with him throughout the rest of the season. That's definitely what is implied with the very last scene of the episode. Uh, I think you will see him in, in flashbacks, but like the idea, if you go back and look at the trailers for this show, not that there were a lot, all of Don Johnson's stuff in the trailers is from this first episode. This one. Yeah. Now, I have seen episode two. Bastard. Also, How dare anybody, you? Like, if, <laughs> it, was, it took a long time for you guys to get together. Okay, I watched them. <laughs> you could have watched that Paul Rudd show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like three episodes in that time. <laughs> but yeah, so if like if you want any commentary from the second episode, I can provide. But if not, that's okay. No, too. no, we don't. Stay away from that. Forbidden <laughs> <laughs> knowledge. But yes, uh, Don Johnson could be our comedian. So, are there any parts that you would people who aren't familiar with the book or the previous movie that you would like? cleared up why is it raining squids <laughs> thank you what was thank you i was literally like what the hell is this so okay this this is not from the movie because uh zach snyder changed it from the comic book in the comic book uh-huh adrian vet uh came up with a device he came up with a reason for, basically the world was at war with each other okay. america okay. and russia were about to about to kill each other in nuclear okay. war. I get that, yeah. So the thing is, he created, he, he kidnapped a bunch of scientists, he, 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 cre- he created a threat that would bring the world together, and it was a giant space squid that was part <laughs> robotic, part g- genetics, part everything, and it came down and it crashed into a city, I don't remember exactly New what York. city, was it New York? Yep. Crashed into New York and killed a bunch of people, so now everybody in the world was, was not going to fight each other, they were going to fight the alien threat. This must be something that's off, that's based off of that. I don't. I have no idea what it is. Why is there rigid? Regi- okay, cool. Residual I just as tiny squid of that from the first episode. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, because you no. had to have read the book. I mean, and it's not really explained yet, obviously. But you would only understand the reference to the squid if you know the graphic novel. Mm-hmm. But even like. People like us that know the graphic novel still don't know what the explanation is for why it's raining squids. Yeah. Only that it's somehow related to this apocalyptic event that was created at the end of the graphic novel. But you don't even get a hint that there was an apocalyptic event at all. Well, it's been like 30 years since it happened. Yeah. So that was like 85. Yeah. It was supposed to be 85. 86, 85? Yeah. yeah this is, but yeah. they completely skip over any of that. Like you're 1921 and then you're 2019 and there's 
Yeah, nothing like, in between. Uh, there's there's a few references so, here and there to like the past, but I feel like they're gonna just flesh it out more as it goes along. I'm sure yeah, they will fill in. Like they'll be. fill in some stuff as we go along. But yeah, that that was definitely more for people who have read the comic book than anything. Okay. Else. Correct me if I'm wrong, though. Was it a hoax in the comics? Like it wasn't real. No, it did happen. It, but it wasn't a space threat. It was basically a false flag. But the casualties and all the all the destruction was real. So that's what mm. so that's what you're getting in the in the episode a lot because like when they when they're interrogating the the Rorschach guy mm-hmm. uh, or the guy that's the white supremacist he he's asked him do you think that the the attack actually happened the one one of those things are you one yeah. of the people that doesn't yeah. believe it happened and they show the squid in one of the the background yeah. shots very briefly but they do show oh it. yeah okay. so he it. he's essentially at the end also at the end of the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. Rorschach, the character that wears those masks, the white and black and white yeah. masks, he delivered his diary to a mm-hmm. newspaper, quote unquote newspaper. It's called the New Front- Frontiers. It was like InfoWars. Yeah. It was basically InfoWars before InfoWars. <laughs> That's why all the white supremacists are the ones that are wearing the, info, the, the Rorschach mask now. Yeah. So they have his diary that actually tells all the truths of the superheroes. The Adrian Vett faked the alien invasion killing a bunch of people that um, Dr. Manhattan was a, you know, Can- kind of causing cancer, causing, causing cancer, cancer to cancer, people. Yeah. And the comedian was uh, the first casualty or whatever, you know, basically everything that the government didn't want the regular people to, to know. So of course he gave it to a right wing, you know, fringe newspaper thing that went and printed it all, but only those people who read it would believe it. Everybody else who reads reads or follows regular news media is going to be like oh you're just a bunch of kooks so thus we get this future we get this fake news fake news yeah even though it actually is true because i I did know that from the movie that and i assumed that was kind of what they were going on i was slightly confused as to why it was like a white supremacist i was like why like how did rorschach go and it because but then now like now that you Remind me of that. I was like, okay, I do. Yeah, I do see Rorschach how it can be of, twisted like kind that. Wing extremist. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the, there's this there's this quote from Alan Moore when he's talking about Rorschach and the way that people kind of took him up, like in the same way that you see with like the Punisher and some other stuff like that. Um, where he says, uh, "I wanted to make Rorschach as, as like this, um, uh, as like this is what Batman would be in the real world." But I've forgotten that actually a lot of comic fans smelling, not having a girlfriend. These are actually kind of heroic. So Rorschach became the most popular character in Watchmen. Because it really made him to him be a bad way. example. But I have people come up to me in the in the street and saying, I am Rorschach. That's my story. And, and I'd be thinking, yeah, great. Could you just like keep away from me? Never come anywhere near me again as long as I live. Alan Moore is the one that wrote the original uh, Watchmen comic or graphic yeah. novel. Just for oh, yeah, yeah. those Which, who didn't know. Oh, yeah, I know that one. By the yeah. way, are you reading that from something? Because I know I read that exact same quote somewhere. And if you memorize that, man, that's amazing. I read it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth, you sound like you look like you're about to explode with with confusion. Oh well, yes, because I have all of these names you're throwing out mean absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing to me. <laughs> well, we should explain then who Adrian Veidt is. Okay, so they didn't for for sure say it was him in the. In the show, mm-hmm. but Jeremy Irons' character, the one that's talking to his servants in a very weird way, who are or not might not be servants or people, I should say, mm-hmm. uh, is Adrian Vett. He is a billionaire that has lived for a very long time okay. and is at the peak of human conditioning. 
I want to point out okay. this is not a thing that they have in the subtitles. I don't think they want us to know that yet. Yeah, they don't. I don't know. I don't know if they don't want us to know it yet. Not because I was kind of, it's, it's I was been out some, there. Some perfection thing from him, though, and I also got that he lived a long time. So, yeah. like, how much I figured out? There was a there was a newspaper title in earlier in the show at the very beginning when um, our nun, played by Regina King, Night goes sister. to mm-hmm. is it what is it? Night sister. Night sister. Yeah, uh, she goes to her bakery. The guy's reading a newspaper. Yeah. It says vet yeah. has been declared dead. Yeah, because he's been missing for so long. Right, that mm-hmm. they were like, well, he must be dead by now. Because yeah. in the subtitles, all they call him is Lord of uh, of Grand Estate or something like that. That's interesting. Also, they're gonna have that be a big reveal. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. if he was smart enough to cr- to do everything that he did in the in the the comic book, and then uh, help create a giant squid that's half robot, half genetic engineering, he could make <laughs> robot. People, servants, servants, or clones, or yeah, whatever. That, that wouldn't understand what anniversary and birthday mean, and also mm-hmm. uh, how to wrap a gift. And a horseshoe isn't used for cutting a cake. Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, do you guys think that ta- that cake tasted nasty? Or yes. Yeah, it, taste yeah. Oh, yeah. it looked like they don't. Know. It, it looks <laughs> like they're trying to be human-ish, and they're not quite not nailing quite it. They're out. just missing key components. So, kind of like let's do a real quick one hundred and one on Adrian Veidt from like. The Watchmen series. Um, we could bring we can bring those back from yeah, Game of Thrones for, if you want to do that. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to. Yeah, do the little uh, what were we calling those? Uh, legacy, uh, legacy li- lineages. Lineages. Yes. Okay. So in the graphic novel of the Watchmen, Adrian Veidt was from the second wave of superheroes because the first would be considered more like Golden Age, I guess. Uh, when you have Night Owl and all these other ones, like these names don't mean much right now. But <laughs> okay, so the equivalent generation. would be Batman and stuff like that. It's a so group of vigilantes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So they started in like the 1930s, and then that became popular. And then in the 60s, you had like a second wave, and that's where Adrian Veidt came in. He was known okay. as the smartest man in the world, and okay. also like Mitch said, in like the height of human physicality. Um, and he was one of the first to realize, like, the way that society is going, they're going to outlaw vigilantes or superheroes, very similar to how you see in uh, The Incredibles. Okay. They just decide mm-hmm. they're, they're not worth the collateral damage, yeah. they cause too much problems, so we're just going to make them illegal, except for a select few that still stay working for the government. So, um, so also un- kind of like the Accords in Civil War. Basically, yes. So unauthorized... So uh, yeah. yeah, now you're seeing where a lot of this stuff comes from. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Adrian Veidt was one of the first to see the writing on the wall and was like, yeah, I'm going to retire before... And become a billionaire. Yeah, and he just became an industrialist. And, okay. um, yeah, as one does. Not a bad play. <laughs> he, he uses his ability to just be able to see like 30 to 40 moves in advance of like everything Ooh. to like play the stock market to just, you know, he, he essentially cheap, he becomes the richest man in the world kind of. Okay. And um, so... You know, part of his whole thing is that he realizes that the world is escalating towards a tipping point of nuclear annihilation with the whole mutually assured destruction uh, during the Cold War. And he decides that the only way to really save humanity, as we discussed earlier, Mm -hmm. is to have a universal threat, something that all of humanity can band against as opposed to fighting each other. Uh, The whole, you know, basically uniting humanity under like a tribalism. And that's why he came up with this this idea. He took s- some of the world's best writers, artists. Uh, I think he even recruited, yeah, scientists, geneticists, in order to create this squid monster. This thing was huge. It was like at least three stories tall. It was just gigantic. 
And um, I think they also mentioned that he played around with giving it psychic abilities. Because I think that also ties yes, into one it, of the characters it, in the show. It would hurt people. Yes, because it like psychically so, hurt people. Like it messed their brains he up. He made Starro? Yes. Basically, yes. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Real now, life version. In Zack Snyder's movie version, mm-hmm. instead of having the threat be a giant squid that no one knew about uh, from outer space, he changed Dr. Manhattan to be that. He, he yeah. laid the clue so that everybody would be afraid of this man god who could uh-huh. change the universe with the snap of his fingers yeah. and say look this guy is evil he's killing off people he's giving people cancer and stuff like that so they <laughs> Zack Snyder just wiped out the squid altogether because it would have been pretty difficult because they build it up a lot in the comics and in a lot of the supplemental material um, which is one of the things I liked about the graphic novel and well even when it was as separate issues is at the end of every issue you would have at least three or four pages dedicated to just kind of world building You'd have an excerpt from a book, like from um, Under the Hood by the first Night Owl. Okay. Um, you'd have, like, reports of Dr. Manhattan's powers, uh, you know, from, like, a scientific perspective, like, how he can do the things he does. And um, so, like, it would just be too much work to include that in the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah. they just kind of took out the whole squid thing and said, eh, let's just make Dr. Manhattan. He kind of fits the same bill. It's, it serves the same purpose. And at the end of the day, he leaves the planet anyway. So, yeah. you know, humanity would just be afraid of him instead of a giant squid. So that brings us to where we are now. This mm-hmm. could be Adrian Veidt. Um, and he could still be experimenting with geneticism. But he, uh, Rorschach did out him as the purveyor of this false flag attack. So it's possible that maybe he's just in hiding to avoid any kind of persecution from that. Okay. Yeah. So far. Cool. So that's what, that's your Adrian Vite. <laughs> that's Adrian Vite. Yeah, in a Veidt. nutshell. Okay. So what we start off the episode with is the uh, a, a young boy in a movie theater watching a story, a black and white movie of a cowboy, a black cowboy as he Marshall. Saves, I'm sorry, He's a black Marshall, Marshall uh, <laughs> for the what, a county in <laughs> Oklahoma. Which I found out later that was a real guy. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he uh, he he brings to justice a white sheriff that is stealing cattle from his own town folk and uh, becomes the hero. As that's happening, there is explosions happening outside of the theater. His father, assuming it's his father, comes in, rescues his rescues the boy and the mother, takes them out, goes goes trying to get to safety. As people are um, people. Terrible, terrible people are, are killing uh, colored folks in the streets. Maybe. Yep. Tulsa riots. Yeah, I was going to say, it play, it, yeah. it's the Tulsa riots twisted Not, slightly to... It's, it's a bit more... I mean, it's still a horrible, horrible, horrible moment yeah. in history, but it's very... I don't think they had a plane dropping bombs. Actually, I think they did. But, yeah. I, that, did they? I think that one was actually a did thing. that was... Okay. That was part of what made oh, that yeah. whole so, so horrendous that it oh, yeah, happened. Well, part of yeah, it. Because, I mean, the whole, the city on fire, I mean, that that was very accurate yeah. and, and definitely the sentiments behind it. Um, so, but I was unaware of the airplane. Yeah, so, the, um, so here, the Tulsa race tried of 1921. Um, mm-hmm. The attack carried out on the ground and from a private plane destroyed more than 35 oh. square blocks of the district. Wow. Yeah. And it, was yeah, con- it was really bad. Yeah, it was yeah. considered it was the, best, yeah. the best place for 
black Americans to live in the South. Yeah, they called it Black Wall Street. The, yeah. yeah. If anyone actually wants to find out more about that whole event and everything, there's actually a really good video that Vox put out a few months ago Ooh. about that that really goes into it, um, the effects of it and everything. And it's it's a fantastic supplementary watch for this. Very uh-huh. cool. Uh, so... As they get to a carriage house, uh, there is uh, another family that is willing to take just the boy to get out of town. I thought this was very interesting because it's obviously uh, aping on the um, Superman. Superman origin yeah. of the parents having to put their their, mm-hmm. their only son into a pod that can only carry him and take him away from the danger of the destruction of their home world yeah their home will be destroyed and it definitely plays out like that as the city is being blown to pieces uh and at the end you have him swaddling a child in what looks like superhero colors but it's a flag yes it's a somewhat some type of american flag uh but yes the 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 adults that were driving the carriage or car whatever it was it was a carriage it was was a carriage get killed carriage 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 Get killed, and uh, it's only him who is all of five? Five or six, yeah. Yeah. Five and or a six. little baby girl. And a little baby girl. Honestly, don't know where he's going to be walking to, but... Away from the fire. Hopefully. Yeah. Well, they told him where he was going, and his father... But he wasn't that far away from the, from well, the, no, the yeah, city. Just, but, I mean, just any distance away from there at that point was going to be good. Yeah. Well, he know we know he got there, so... Yeah. So you're assuming that Louis Scott's a junior, junior is him? I had, Yes. Yeah. Okay. Because he, he said that. something that he's 105 yeah. at some point. And I mm-hmm. thought he said he, he's, he can lift 200 pounds. Well, that was a separate thing. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I feel when, like, yeah. When Night's sister first shows up, well, when she, we prefer you know who she really is, she shows up to her bakery. Um, he's just kind of sitting outside. like, when you guys opening? And she's like, two months or whatever. And he's like, all right, you know. Do you think I can lift 200 pounds? And she was like, uh, yeah. sure. Okay. He's like, yeah. And just a kooky old man just kind of hanging mm-hmm. out in front of your store, you know, like you don't really pay that much attention. Um, but yeah, I think it also was mentioned somewhere else that he was 105 at this point. Yeah. Yeah. He, he is. Okay. Okay. I missed that part. But I mean, that's still, you're still making an assumption. They never say that it's him, just like they never no, say no, yeah. well, But he had the paper. The that the father gave him that he scrolled he? watch over this boy. Yeah. He okay. was still holding it at the end of that episode. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there you go. Which that really held up after all that time. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, so yes, he eventually shows back up at the end of the episode when you see Don Johnson's been strung up on the in the tree. I assume it's by the Warshak group, the Seventh Cavalry. Um, Wait, we're, we're jumping ahead to there. I mean, the, I'm, we're talking about Louis Gossett Jr. I figured we'd just jump to there. We already yeah. talked about Don Johnson being killed. <laughs> I mean, that's true. That's true. That's <laughs> uh, I mean, does anybody think that it was Louis, Louis, Louis Gossett Jr.'s character that, that did the stringing up? I don't know anything about him or what powers he could have. Or, I mean, that, obviously. Honestly, that's, the, yeah. that's, a, that's an interesting thing about The Watchmen. I don't think there's any superpowered people other than Dr. Manhattan. Well, the movie kind of plays with that a little bit and it makes it look like the heroes are like superhumanly strong because of how they fight. 
Yeah, that Rorschach was superhuman strong. Yeah, but that's mm. that's a movie thing. Like in in real in the graphic novel, everybody's a normal person, and the only real ability they have is just what their physical body can do. But it's not like so Batman. Yeah, they're okay. all Batman. Yeah, they're all Batman. That's what it's, okay. that's what Nano is. Yeah, but like in the movie, you have like the comedian's head breaks through like a marble coffee table, and um, that's like, fair. Silk Spectre broke somebody's arm, like. By blocking a punch or something like yeah. they definitely heighten it. Well, up that, and that's Zack Snyder's yeah. mo. He likes yeah. he likes to do that. But yes, everybody's supposed to be just plain Batman's and stuff like that. Like they're the closest is Adrian Vet is like maybe a Captain America. Yeah. Okay. And that's all natural too. Like that's just because he's just really disciplined. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if he was if he can lift up two hundred pounds at his one hundred and five age i would say that he is some type of super powered person yeah uh which would also go along with the superman uh and analogy mm-hmm. that they tried mm-hmm. to paint uh other characters that we we saw other other storylines other threads what, what what did everybody like well we can we can still go off of the the part with tom johnson okay did anyone th- did anyone think that he was gonna be a good guy from the beginning no I mean, then, I, like, oh, I, oh. I thought they were painting him to be like, you know, just. I feel like he's more he's more interested in keeping police safe than he is in keeping people safe. But if the police are to him, if the police are safe then the people are safe, that's mm-hmm. how I got it. That's how I read it. Oh, I was reading him as a traitor for some reason. Traitor to but, the police. Yeah. I, I don't know why. That whole dinner party thing they were having, the, the way they filmed it mm-hmm. really weirded me out yeah. for his character there's some really interesting shots in this, in yeah. this show so far like mm-hmm. the way they, they look like a things. clock from above yeah with exactly. the light mm-hmm. and well he clock's was a the... big thing with watchmen <laughs> yeah and you saw it all, all the the, the seventh <laughs> cavalry were, yeah. were were pulling out watch batteries and mm-hmm. stuff like that because they're gonna make cancer bombs or something yeah, yeah that's what, well, that's the yeah. theory. That's what Don Johnson joked about. Which, kind of on the side note, now this this, I don't want to get too deep divey into some of this stuff, but um, those batteries that they were trying to pull from those old watches, mm-hmm. um, they mentioned that that was the lithium that was giving people cancer. Right. And for, as we know from the graphic novel, um, there was a part where, when Doctor Manhattan's talking to the old Night Owl, he's mm-hmm. talking about how he can synthesize lithium now. And they're pretty soon they're like they're gonna be available for electric cars, and there's gonna be no more need for internal combustion engines. So this could be a reference to that, that uh, they're trying to get stuff that Doctor Manhattan had a personal hand in making. Okay. And they, it could have been outlawed at some point because of that, because they uh, wanted to keep his stuff away. I thought it was interesting that Don Johnson had access to a Kirby. Or whatever it is that Night Owl calls oh, his oh, Archie. Yeah, that Archie, thank you. Ship the thing. ship thing. The Night Owl ship. Yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, it seemed like a prototype to that. It didn't look like the actual Archie that you saw. It wasn't as reliable. And Art Owl looking. Yeah. Uh, but that's where I don't see how he could have been a traitor to the police because he crashes the thing into, or at least takes out the other plane. That's where I like, even thought even more so. Because his desperation to it made it seem like he needed them to die so something didn't come out. 
Yeah. Okay. I've been following. Like as a, yeah. I've what? been following the Watchmen thread on Reddit. Uh huh. Um, as I do, and there's a lot of theories that Don Johnson is in fact a sort of a double agent working with the Seventh Cavalry, and yeah. uh, it kind of ties into he didn't want any survivors. Wanted to make sure that nobody could identify him, and That's they also what I was point. Going with yeah, yeah, they also point to the scene where they take that one guy um, at first mm-hmm. that Night Sister takes from his trailer, and they put him in that interrogation pod, which is probably my favorite scene of the episode. Oh yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah, when they pull him out of there, uh, even though they're all wearing masks and Don Johnson is only wearing a hat, he covers his face when that guy comes out. And when there would be no need for him to cover his face under normal circumstances because he's ev- not doing that. But everybody already knows he's the chief of police. We, we, I had this co- conversation, too, during the episode, is that he's the only one that doesn't cover his face. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, people are going to know who the chief of police is. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much I still, like, uh, like I said, even for some of us that have read the source material, we also need to get caught up on how we got to this point. So, like, we don't understand yeah. why the police There's a big are, gap. Yeah. We don't understand why the police are not covering themselves up. We heard that there was some kind of big incident between police and people, I guess. Like, maybe some what kind of civil night. war broke out. Yeah. This, this, she said, it, it was... Um, it was from those people, I believe, the the Rorschach mask wearing people. The yeah. 7th Calvary. Yeah. Was it three yeah. years ago or something like that? Yeah, they discovered yeah, the, the identities night. of... Police officers and just went. Oh yeah, they started murdering police in their officers. Own homes. <clears throat> That's when she was shot. She said. So now they have to be uh, protected or yeah. protect their identities. Like, right. Is, like is this heroes? only take place in Tulsa or is this all over the country? I would have so that's, that's my question. I, I feel like it's like a giver situation where there are these separate communities because they also talked about the nation, the president, and all these different things in kind of these like ambiguous, overarching ways. It was weird. Yeah. And Vietnam being a state. Vietnam. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Vietnam was a state. That happened that in threw the me So I, I'm Wait, trying what? to. I was trying to figure it. So is it basically the United States of the world? Like, has the United States become the only government? It might be because, like we said in the comic book, we were about to go to war with Russia, but then the alien invasion happens and everybody unites. So maybe now we are united underneath a United States government, and Robert Redford is the president of the Earth. Okay. Yeah, the yeah, American I mean, flag looks really weird now, too. It is a circle. It's a circle. So, yeah. which could be the Earth. Which, by the way, side note to that, speaking of the way that things are shot, somebody pointed out on Reddit that you see, in many different scenes, you see multiple globes, and that mm-hmm. they think they're hinting at, like, a multiverse thing going on here. I mean, if you take into to Doomsday Clock, which is happening... And yeah. Some people say right that they think that there actually might be a connection, too. I like, could see that. Um, mm. That would be amazing if they do that kind of synergy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm hoping beyond hope that that actually happens. Um, yeah. I, the, the, the Vietnam thing was interesting. The uh, Yeah, because they all surrendered unconditionally the Redford to Manhattan. Redford reparations. Redford reparations. Yeah. That's, it's such a big one. Like for it to be a thing that was now are we t- happening before in the Watchmen stuff, like in the Watchmen comic, that's nothing that I know of in any way, shape, or form. None for that to have been such a big, like a political idea, um, for the this new president, President Redford. Like that seems like a big thing to take on. Well, I mean, are are we thinking that this is uh, solely for? African Americans, or is yes. this for yes, cops? Definitely. Or okay, I think no, that's I think why they de- introduced that lynching scene. To, to is show that lynching us, scene mm-hmm. specifically? To show us, like, well, 
I mean, the, one of many, but that one is probably like the most impactful that you can bring it in say, to make up for this kind of thing that we did before where whatever yeah. refrigerations are being offered. And seeing how uh, Robert Redford would have been our super liberal president as opposed to Nixon, who was in the original Watchmen comic book, was a super conservative yeah. president. Yeah. The, the one thing I kind of like about the, everything about this show is it's posited in a super interesting way and way more than I would ever give David, Damon Lindelof credit for being involved in. Color me surprised uh, on that one. <laughs> huh? I'm not a big Lindelof fan, so I'm also really impressed by his work so far on this, even though it's just been yeah. the first episode. Yeah, it, it's like, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like to like I think approach the different story elements they're talking about in there um the idea of reparations and what that actually is and all these people being mad about reparations and saying like oh it must be nice to have them but you know when at the end of the day reparations are correcting a wrong where something was taken and they're directly referencing like one of the biggest examples of when so much was taken and trying to make good on that having happened it's really cool to see yeah very interesting. And I, think, I, I feel like the people, um, what is it, uh, Benioff and Wise, are going to have a real fucking hard time trying to make a show about the South winning after this series does it the exact opposite. That Well, that got canceled altogether. They, it's what? Not, yeah. And it, it was That's never a surprise. Get, yeah. That sounded like a good idea. I totally forgot about that, too. Actually, wow. The idea, I mean, I can see where they, because look at how well Man in the Highest Castle went. That's um, that's where, you know, Germany wins World War II. So have you if that's s- super popular, why not where the South won out the Civil War? There was a mockumentary that came out a few years ago. People. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It was called uh, The Confederate States of America. I've heard of it. Um, it's really interesting because it's basically that. It's kind of like watching a, a PBS, you know, history of, you know, f- from slavery times up until like modern day. Mm-hmm. And it basically posits, well, what if the South had one? Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how it's presented. And yeah. it's really interesting. I've, like, instead of cops, they, you know, because they actually have fake commercials during the documentary. And they have a commercial for what's essentially cops, but it's called Runaways. And it's about the people who go hunting for runaway slaves because slavery still exists mm-hmm. and in like modern day. And it's pretty crazy to watch this and be like, this seems preposterous, but I mean, this technically could have actually been the way that things turned, like, yeah. turned out. And it just seems so alien and wrong. But yet there's a small contingent, I'm sure, that would actually welcome mm-hmm. that kind of environment. Yeah. And at least the Man in High Castle, it's also, it's a different dimension, mm-hmm. which I think openly came out in last seasons or something it's a, it's not like oh this is what could have happened it's more like this is this did happen this did happen in there. this world kind of That's thing nice. yeah i've always wanted to watch iron sky <sighs> okay i know it's awful but I That's all, i've only ever heard that it's awful yeah. i didn't even give it a try uh okay so other interesting things i mean uh blake t Nel- or blake t nelson blake uh nelson blake What's Nick? Craig T. Nelson. Craig, no, not Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> it's Blake yeah. Nelson. I forget. I, he usually has a middle initial in there or something like that. But he plays the the silver mask dude. Mm-hmm. Glass. Oh yeah, yeah. Looking glass. It, it's it's um, Mr. Mr. Pendanski. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought he did an incredible job. I thought I liked the his interrogation scene. He looked awesome. I love that scene. Uh, I like that. There's this red knight character. Uh, so that within the police force, you also have certain 
other cops that you bring in just for certain jobs. Obviously, uh, these are like lieutenants the, or the something. The night sister brings, yeah, the night sister brings in, comes in to grab certain people. The I'm guessing the red knight you just bring in to kill certain people. You have the panda. Who's I don't like get the- that. <laughs> Why a panda? Why a panda mask? And a ridiculously huge one. It's that. ridiculously <laughs> huge and dirty and made absolutely no sense to me. It does, that that part was funny. I couldn't help it. Maybe because pandas move slowly, and he was. I uh, guess yeah. He obviously yeah. they didn't like caution. The cop, the cop that. at the beginning did not want him. He did like, not want his him to be the one that has to make the call on whether or not. Uh, he gets his gun for free, or he gets his gun free. Mm-hmm. He's like a like a uh, reverse Rorschach because he still has the black and white motif, being a panda, mm-hmm. but he's more of the pacifist side of it. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Like also, him. kind of on the side note, do you notice that when um, Night Sister, when whatever her regular name is, um, is driving back home from school with her, I want to say foster kid. I don't think I that's think it's adopted kid. Oh, yeah, adopted I feel kid. like they're adopted. Yeah. Um, yeah. She's giving him a speech about how, like, the world is black and white. And I was like, that sounds like a Rorschach kind of way of looking at things. Because he was super, like, polarized. Like, he did not see, you know, the gray in anything. He was not compromising. And that's kind of like what she was talking about. And I'm like, is she supposed to be the new Rorschach, sort of? Or have, like, the ideology of him? I I would assume that you're probably going to find out, yes, yeah. that's what's going to happen. Because she's going to be the one that, that's looking for the truth yeah. over and over. I'm going to go with that. Especially too. since it was her connection. Uh, the, the Don Johnson's character is her connection. And she's going to want to find out why he got killed. Mm-hmm. Also, not to derail the conversation, but that little kid that was with her that she, I guess, has adopted. Mm-hmm. Did it sound like he was psychic? Oh, or telepathic? I, he, it sounded to me. It felt like he. There was something about him. Yes, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't get telepathic. Because I feel like that could be like uh, one of those uh, side effects of the squid attack. Because mm-hmm. we know that it had some kind of psychic ability. Uh, maybe it also increased the likelihood of psychic potential in people. Maybe. At least that's what I got from that little interaction. It could just be nothing. <laughs> could be something. He could just be really empathic and be like, "Oh, you wanted to kick his ass because I saw the way you looked at him." <laughs> okay. Two of you have kind of been pretty quiet over there. Let's, <laughs> let's hear some hear some thoughts. I I feel like was she night sister? Yes. I feel like she is superhuman a little bit. Okay. Uh, the way she fights is just she fights really fast. She takes hits. She also says stuff yeah. like I kn- I just know who's who's lying yeah. or who's a supra- white supremacist. Yeah, just the way she talks and she does. She reminds me of Rorschach from the movie too. So I am getting that. She reminds me of like the old school cops kind of sort of that would break all the rules, you know, in film noir and stuff like that. So, right. but yeah, just with the way she fought and the way she thought things through her adrenaline levels, the way she took hits, like it, they were nothing makes me think that she's a little bit superhuman. She's pretty fearless. Yeah. Is it weird that they're adding in the religious aspect to the cop thing? In what regard? In the yeah. fact that she's the she's the night sister. She wears a giant. She has a giant crucifix that she carries around with her when she. Yeah, that's basically. I, like I assume that was like those people yeah. with the rosary. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it looks like a nun's habit. <laughs> right, and people call her a nun. I mean, why? Why if she's a cop? Why also add in the Catholic iconography? 
I assume that was like a comic book thing. I was gonna ask you. Guys. No, I mean like, her, that character doesn't exist character. in the comic book. Yeah, like the so, other people too. Like the other cops, they essentially have like superhero alter egos in a way. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have the the Red Knight and the 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 Looking Glass. Like yeah. all these guys have like these Is, little brands in a way that they're doing. Like that's what happens you say, you, when you wear a mask. You and you, yeah, you can't tell anybody in your life really who you are. You become. They're turning cops into vigilantes. Kind of, yeah. I think the other guys called the Red Scare, by the way. Oh, Red Scare. Which I fucking love. Oh, okay. (laughs) So you're saying that they chose these names for themselves. This isn't like a night sister is a person that, that... is a position to be filled is that they you got made into a lieutenant now you get to sit, give yourself a new code name basically and an identity yeah, yeah and, and and it all goes into the fact of how they have to live their lives now so it does turn into a double life so it does turn into a double identity okay as well yeah, and it yeah. kind of exaggerates that identity to the point where you get like this vigilante why she picked none i have no idea it's but something in her personality yeah we'll find out. I kind of got the impression that if you were a police officer prior to the White Knight, Uh that in the days just after that, because they wanted to protect you, you got to you got to pick kind of what you know whatever your alter ego was going to be. But then, as they institutionalized it, they just went to masks and the dropped the the more traditional alter ego, but just the fact that Mm -hmm. you lived a double life. So I, hmm. I got the impression that the the ones who had names were just from before, and all of the new ones didn't have that. Okay. Yeah. It's a possibility. A bunch of them, as far like from what she said, like a bunch of people died. So the fact that yeah. there's yeah. a few of them would lend itself to that. I struggle with this show. I don't know if. I have a hard time with shows where our good guys are bad guys. I I have a really hard time with the concept of the authoritarian regime operating on vigilante justice mm. and mm-hmm. a system of we've put all these protections in place to protect you. The police officers have to get approval to remove their guns, but it's all internal. Yeah. And if we want to do this Article 4 mm-hmm. free release of firearms, well, we, the police, just have to decide we feel threatened. threatened yeah. You know, it, there is no check to that kind of power, but there's the illusion of protection. And, you know, well, I knew you were going to have us pick up, you know, the usual suspects, and then I'm going to beat it out of him because he needs mm-hmm. persuasion. Mm-hmm. And that's perfectly acceptable, and that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, and they actually point out, is this, don't I have rights, and is this not if you're a terrorist? Yeah. Exactly. Which they yeah, slapped it, it, on him. Yeah. I mean, we have, I mean, it definitely plays off current events and all the issues with the Patriot Act and all of those things, and, and fear drives societies to weigh security over freedom. I just, I guess I have a hard time with the portrayal of an authoritarian regime operating on vigilante justice being the good guys. I I think that's the takedown. I think that they're setting it up for it to be a flip. I think that they're they're positioning them as like, oh no, but look at the good guys when they have power. Like, look how they could use it if they're not restrained. 
Um, and that's just as wrong as if bad guys are unrestrained in these things. I but think like that's our, what they're going for. I mean, and I get that, but then our bad guys are obviously really bad guys. So, like... Mm-hmm. I don't think we've actually seen our good guys yet. Yeah, I think that's what I we're think, going I for. I think we'll think get we'll okay, get more yeah. characters. I think maybe Night Sister might be your good guy, and she'll come to see the error of her ways. But I think you'll see... I think... I have no clue. I honestly have no clue. But I'm sh- thinking on a more television series writing way that you'll at least get somebody in the next episode or next couple episodes that's going to be all right this is the person that i can get behind yeah i don't so know if we get somebody that's that's fully that that's because at, at the end of the day is there anyone who's really all the way that in so many of these situations not in these situations, but at least, I mean, if you look in uh, the Watchmen comic book, like Night Owl is your character. He's not, he's a flawed character. He's, he's a coward in some points. And mm-hmm. he's also, you know, uh, not the best of, of people, but he's at least knows that there's, there's right and wrong and he's not going to extremes in either way. Yeah, yeah but I, the most, don't, I don't think we're going to get one in this, though. Okay, the, that's the, fair. The most moral character at the end of Watchmen was the one that was technically supposed to be the worst character, was uh, Rorschach, Rorschach, because he knew the truth, and he'd rather die at the hands of Manhattan than live a lie, because to, to, everybody else agreed, like, hey, we know that this is, you know, that this was orchestrated, that this is not real, but... And, like, millions of people died. I, I think in the comic it was only hundreds of thousands, but in the movie it was, like, millions because I think it was yeah. all around the world. But the point is, like, all of, like, I think they said that millions of people died to save billions. So it was, like, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. This was a necessary sacrifice. Um, and everybody else, all the other characters, including Night Owl, were on board for this, except Rorschach. That's Rorschach what I'm was saying. Like, no. he's, he, he's not... He's not a, a perfectly good character. He's not a all way good character, but he is at least, you know, trying. He's the only one with integrity. Yes. Mm. I don't know about that though. <laughs> it's it, when he chooses to employ integrity is real fucking choosy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, which is like what it is in most real life situations. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, so, like the idea of a truly ambiguous good guy and bad guy situation doesn't happen a lot in movies. It's one of my favorite thing about uh, things about Miyazaki films. Like in Princess Mononoke, there's no real good guy and bad guy yeah. at the end of the day. Yeah, that's true. And I would hope that we get something like that. I don't know. I guess the realities con- of the world. Yeah, my concern is is does it play up one side as actually the good guy? Like if it truly stays ambiguous as to mm-hmm. nobody's a good guy, I guess I I can cope with that. I, it, it's not a style I prefer. I, I guess I can completely <clears throat> see the value in it because it does pertain to reality. But I guess my concern is is because the majority of the population needs a good guy, do they try and take one of these bad guys and be like, "This, yes, this is your good guy. You should idolize this. Yeah, that, that's, 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 that's the biggest... Oh, I'm sorry. I no, that's okay. No, she's... Um, go ahead, Steven. <laughs> uh, that's my biggest worry. I, I'm real... For, back of, for lack of a better term, I'm real gun-shy uh, in general after the way that I've seen Joker go off recently. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and so the, after the first episode of this, uh, I, I was just like, I was much happier with how things are being approached. 
And I hope that it's just a brutal takedown of both extremes of this ideology. Then I will hope with you because that would be the best outcome for me right now. Cause I just, it, yeah, it feels like a night sister mm-hmm. is, yeah. is supposed to be our protagonist. And I really just don't like that. But see, I, and I think that you'll see that <laughs> yeah, you'll have I an think, arc. I think we're going to have a hero's journey. Yeah. Here. She's going to have to come to, she's come to realization that she's doing what they're doing is wrong. And I mean, if, I mean, they're not really setting it up for her to decide that because they just killed off her best friend and her boss. Yeah. I think she's going to find out her boss's flaws is what I think is going to go through. I think that's what the uh, silent film was supposed to represent. Yeah. It was uh, that the guy you Mm -hmm. thought was the hero, the white sheriff, was actually corrupt. Yeah. And out of nowhere, you have the black hooded figure is actually going to be the savior. Which also I thought was interesting that, and it's kind of a side note, that they're doing this big show premiere or movie premiere of American Hero Story, the Hooded Mm -hmm. Justice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hooded Justice was a character that is alluded to many times in the uh, Watchmen comic book. I think they even have a whole book on him in the before Watchmen, no? I... I, Maybe. I can't remember. Yeah, it's somewhere around there. I think you're going to find out that Louis Gossett Jr. is was the hooded justice and no one knew is even though in the original he's white well you never really see his i think body. You, you do when when uh silk specter's being raped by the comedian he's the one that punches oh, out right. the comedian yes i, I think I that's a i think he has a white hand he has a white hand oh i thought he was just wearing gloves the whole time <sighs> no, I, I can't remember it's been a while since i read it but i'm pretty sure that's why i never bothered to watch the whole thing <laughs> yeah that's a pretty bad scene <laughs> Um, yeah, it's rough. Yeah. But uh, I think you're going to find out that he's hooded justice. That'd be kind of neat. I mean, that would explain why he's so strong then. Yep. He was a strong man mm-hmm. back in the day. With the, one, one thing... Oh, uh, go ahead. One thing I think was interesting. Um, so the the pin with the, the blood on it, like the iconic smiley face with the blood. Right. Um, that's one that's supposed to be... that That's the comedian's badge. Correct. Um, they do a thing that's a parallel with the sheriff while he's hanging. There's the, his badge that has a drop of blood. Right. Yeah. So I think we're looking at, again, like the similar fall, like you said. Yeah. Like, like John said at the beginning that yeah. he's the representative mm-hmm. of the comedian in this, this time around. His death is going to yeah. launch the investigation where we find the, the bigger plot that's going on, which kind of on a side note, speaking of the little visual callbacks, man, where there are a lot of visual, like, cues to like the graphic novel and other stuff like when night sisters at the school preparing the, the cookie yeah, the, thing the, the, the smiley face in the eggs yeah, the egg, yeah and even one of the eggs with the, that's supposed to be the eye has to drop a blood on it mm-hmm. yeah and I was like I noticed ah, that one I wouldn't I was want like, eggs okay. with blood you don't, on those you're blood. not supposed to eat those eggs yeah <laughs> no <laughs> so she just gave a bunch of people salmonella well she didn't they, those the, her, yeah. the cookies that they gave to people were already made. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was just she showing was just, just a good way to, to separate yolk from egg um, whites, which is a good way to separate. And breaking yolk down yolk. walls, like there was a whole metaphor in there yeah. that yeah. really got lost on me. Separate. Oh, yeah. I'm not smart. So. I was more like, hey, I keep on forgetting. I want to try that. That's that's where yeah. I was at. <laughs> <laughs> when she said separate the yolk from the whites, I was like, ooh, I feel racial tension. On that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steven. Uh, were there anything else about this first episode you want to talk about? And what, what are your thoughts about going into the rest of the season? I, I'm, I don't I really have anything else in particular to comment on for the episode. Uh, any previews for episode I'm, two? I'm excited. Nope. 
<laughs> you, you, you have some spoilers? No. <laughs> uh, no. No. Like I just I'm I'm really excited going into it. Um, having having. I'm really hoping again, like like we were saying, Elizabeth, that like I hope that's where this goes. I that's the best situation for me. If it doesn't pay off on that, I'll be really bummed that I have to watch all the episodes. Yeah, Jessica. Um, yeah, I kind of. I mean, what I got from the Watchmen movie is that that world is really, really gray, and then Rorschach was the only one that was really trying to make it black and white. So. I don't know. I. It's very interesting. I like how it is, but I am kind of sort of like Elizabeth where it's like, I just don't love darkness like that, which is why I probably haven't sat down to watch the whole movie yet because I just don't love knowing why people are bad or why they choose, to, you know, I just, I'm one of those like, <laughs> I'm kind of sort of like a hero that I can actually root for. But I, I do find that I like the nun. I, I do like her. I feel like there is something more to her and I feel like we are going to get a hero's arc, so... I'm excited to see what happens. I like. I really like how it's filmed, and yeah, cool. it It definitely has a very unique film quality, and it, it's it's almost uh, similar to Zack Snyder's filming. Yeah, in a way, which is interesting that they're blending both the comic book stuff storyline and then Zack Snyder's filming. So the movie, Elizabeth. You, you talked about how you, you're not too happy right now. What, the rest of the season, what is it you ultimately hope for? I, I think I, I'm with Steven. I, if, it's a, if it's a hero's journey, that, that'll make me feel much better about it. I'm not as optimistic that'll be the case. Um, I'm probably going to need a glossary at some point for all of the names <laughs> that you guys keep throwing out at me. You can but read I have the graphic novel and you'll feel like... <laughs> So much more caught up. <laughs> don't read the graphic novel. Yeah, I'm, I'm with I, Mitch. Uh, don't, you don't need that shit. Well, no. I, and and I'm kind of feeling like I I probably should watch it without having done that because I imagine there's there's a chunk of people who yes are. also there's yeah. going to be a lot of people who are uh, watching the show that have never read the graphic novel or seen the movie. So so you are you are meeting that demographic right now. Yeah, <laughs> keep at it. But it does cause quite a bit of like uh, I guess. Uh, Mitch was telling me before we started recording that apparently Richard Nixon was president in this world for 30, 30 years. years, and then Redford's been president for 30 years. My only problem with that is is that those, those the, the ages don't work for me because that would put them in their 80s or 90s towards the ends of their terms, so I guess they just die off. But They basically become presidents for life. Pre okay. Uh -oh. Except for Ford. I mean, Ford's in there in the middle for some reason. Yeah, because Ford took over after Nixon. After Nixon was impeached. Did he get impeached in this world? No. Exactly. So why would, I mean, Ford, wh where does the <laughs> where does he fit in between Nixon and Redford at this point? I think he was he still only president in, there for? in like 1990, if I remember the supplemental material. Oh, okay. Because he was talking about running in 90 for some reason. And quite honestly, the only reason I got any of that was because the little girls were singing the president's song. Um, yeah. 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 He's also but. in a picture in the background, right? Yeah. yeah. It shows it shows the the like four presidents or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Okay. So, so would, it, would it help you if if John did a uh a character 101 at the beginning of every episode do we talk about? Possibly. Let me get you a list of the names you've currently just <laughs> thrown out that I have no idea who they are. Um but yeah, no. So I 
I would like to be hopeful. At the moment, I'm not. But based on what Stephen and Jessica have been giving me in terms of potentials, I'm willing to keep an open mind and kind of see where this is going. So, I, I'm worried with you too. <laughs> <laughs> John, I was lukewarm on this show. Like I wasn't super excited about it, but I wanted to see it, and now I'm all in. This one single episode did more for me than the entire season of Carnival Row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that. It's definitely yeah. better than Carnival yeah. Row. Like, it's just so interesting and uncomfortable, but in the, the way it's supposed to be, like it, it feels like a proper extension of the graphic novel, of the source material, which mm. is really difficult to do, especially when trying to adapt any Alan Moore stuff because he's such a specific kind of writer. Very. Yeah. Um, it feels like they captured a lot of the, a lot of the little details um, like that we finally get an answer to the question who watches the watchman and this is the first time in 30 years that we get an answer to that it's us it's us we, <laughs> we watch the watchman we watch with the watchman yeah um, and that alone is kind of got me like whoa like they're they're paying attention like they know what they're doing here um, again out of all people like Lindelof is involved <laughs> So I'm still. I mean, people love the leftovers. I love Lost. I mean, he's got a good track record for at least for TV, even if you hate his movies. Yeah, it's just it's just <laughs> the, the payoff is never there. That's what still has me kind of like a little bit leery. But so far, it's so good that I might just enjoy the ride, even if the destination sucks. Okay. Uh, I think it was interesting that you brought up the fact that Car- we we didn't enjoy Carnival Row, but that was a show that you were supposed to binge, and this is a show that is going to be made for mm-hmm. week to week. Yep. So I wonder if that's the difference. Um, I am at this point in. I am not. Yeah. I will. I've been adamant. I have not been the biggest Watchmen fan, uh, mm-hmm. co- comic book, graphic novel wise, or movie. Like the movie, I thought was good. To the point that Zack Snyder adapted the the book so well, even with the change from the squid to Dr. Manhattan, because I thought the squid thing at the end of the book was dumb. Um, <laughs> Which was taken from a Twilight Zone episode? Yes, from a Twilight Zone oh, episode. It's just, I, I, I don't know. Something about this show I thought I really dig. No, what's the other one? Outer Limits. It was the Outer Limits. Oh, was it Outer Limits? Yeah. yeah, you're right. It was Outer Limits. It was from that Outer Limits episode? Yeah. Yeah. The Architects of Fear. What? Yeah. As a matter okay. of fact, in um, Before Watchmen, when the story of Ozymandias, he has the poster of that episode in his room mm-hmm. when he's a kid. <laughs> a little reference I, did, there. I didn't know this. I like The Outer Limits a lot. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was from The Outer Limits. the vertical in the horizontal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that was the first episode of the first season of Watchmen. Hopefully... Uh, might be the last, too, because it's been getting review-bombed by people who are not fans really i've been seeing well, i've only been seeing great reviews yeah the, yeah the reviews trying. from first episode to second episode dropped by like a full like like 20 percent on everything everything wow yeah, yeah interesting people are hating on it really hard but i think it's because it's a reflection of things like you know yeah it, it's showing it's kind of like a dark mirror-esque situation where it's showing us our own inner like dark side and just kind of putting a harsh light on it and that's uncomfortable you know people don't want to see what we're capable of yeah so on that positive note (laughs) uh if you want to get a hold of me on twitter i am at mitchipedia gem uh you can find john on twitter at i am at magic bollocks 
Uh, Elizabeth? I don't have a Twitter, so you can find me at Geek Elite Media. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jessica? I'm on Twitter as J.M. Bailey Writes. And Steven? You don't need to find me anywhere on the internet. You should be spending your time on Tuesday playing <laughs> the game After Party. After Party. He's, after party, he's using right. his plug for After Party, so yeah. make sure you play that game as soon as, yeah. as it's available. Uh, Thank you. As Elizabeth said, you can find Geekly Media on Twitter at Geekly Media, at Geekly Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geekly Media is our Facebook page. Check out archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geeklymedia.com. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geekly Media Network saying, always remember to geek, geek out. out. Geek out. This concludes our broadcast.